Action Park Media. Welcome to Ramble on the Podcast. Is that what it's called? Ramble on the Podcast. Anyway, it's the uh, official podcast of the unofficial television show Ramble on Traction. There are things that are happening, which we'll, are. We'll, we'll get into. It doesn't, by the way, I don't want anyone to jump us. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen, but there are things that are happening. So we're alive. Things we have are a, in motion. Yeah, we have a heartbeat. So, but let, let's get into stuff. Let's get into stuff before that. First of all, Connolly's going to sit in the booth today, which is great. Wow. And I spoke to him. You know, I drive. I just drove back from the desert. Paradise, by the way. I come back here. My anxiety levels go like every mile I get closer to Los Angeles. My anxiety goes like this. Los Angeles, 50 miles away. (laughs) But I call Connolly. And and we've had like 20, I would say 27 days without so much as a tiff. Which is, it's unheard of us. The two like, of you? Numbers. Yeah, like there was this marriage counselor that came on uh, in, in, I think, um, what's his name that wrote those great books about the 10,000 hours where you're supposed to... Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, Mac- Malcolm Gladwell said this marriage counselor could tell if a marriage would last in five minutes simply by contempt. And I think Connolly, who's like a brother to me... We, wait, wait, what does that mean? If he sees contempt, he it's going to work? No, it's over. It, oh. It's over. Once there's like, you Fuck. look at the person and they're like, oh, I'd like a, I'd like a soda. And you're like, I'd like to smash their face. And yeah, it's over. Well, so don't, don't tell my wife about those numbers. <laughs> so Connolly and I have de- like, I mean, he's my brother. He's my Irish brother. But, but we I mean, have contempt. We, have con- we had contempt. And the last 27 days, you know, we talk and he's just pleasant. Now, I'm not saying it's drugs and I'm not advocating for drugs at all. But what I said about a month ago is... I would like you and Dylan on weed more than alcohol because no one I know on weed, forgetting whether it's going to kill us all later, no one gets angry on weed. No one gets in fights. You don't, like, chase people. And Connolly, who plumes of smoke are coming out of the uh, producer's booth like a Cheech and Chong movie right now. (laughs) But he's so so pleasant, and we're able to have a full conversation with a beginning and a middle and an end, (laughs) and it's... No, I'm serious. I love him. I actually said to Sarah, was that what was was that what was wrong in the relationship before? You couldn't have a a conversation from beginning with middle and an end. Again, I'll take my fifty percent part of it. Whatever would happen is somehow we would just rub each other the wrong way. That's why it's working. Because some some not that long ago, you wouldn't have said you're fifty percent. He's decided to meet you halfway about being halfway. Exactly. But I was high as hell in the desert. You know, I, I I've basically like parked myself in the desert, like like Vince in the yeah. Joshua Tree episode. And I feel like a different human being there, but I did, I was on some edibles, and I just looked at Sarah and I said, like like uh, like he said about Brian Piccolo in uh, Brian's song, I love Brian Piccolo. Do you remember that when Billy Dewey would yeah, say And I just told Sarah, I go, I love Connolly. You know, because we had a great conversation. That's all two humans need, you know. Well, like I said, I you know, this is, the, the live show broke me. The Victory the Pod live show that we had to cancel the, the 24 hours show. before. Made me just go like, listen, I can't. All the anxiety and like worry in the world is just some things that are just out of your hands, and that's one of them. So I, I actually learned a lot from the canceled live show because I can't, I can't be that high strung anymore. I just can't. And I think it's an interesting thing. Just and, and Ted will jump into this in a minute, but just like taking it to Entourage for a second, it's like. E was who a lot of people like did not like was basically my personality. And, you know, Irish. Now it explains it. But Irish guys, you're not, you know, like Jews, we've always been allowed to express our anxiety. We're supposed to be neurotic, Woody Allen, Albert Brooks, et cetera. And and tough guy Irishmen, which is what Connolly sort of portrays in real life. They're supposed to hide all of their anxiety. It's very stoic. But Connolly, I think he. He's got a lot, and he bottles it up, and it, and it becomes that thing. And now he's he's letting it out. He's talking. He's just you know. Live show broke me, bro. 
you know, we because we, we joke around or whatever, but like the 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 ripple effect that the live show has on Action Park and our limited resources. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot. And we were like in the starting gate. Like we had it. We were like ready to go. So when it all came crashing down around us, which is what happened, I just went home. I was like, I can't. This is not, you know, this, I, did my, I did my best. You know, you know I forgot who said it. I, I heard something the other day. It's just like you, you got to put everything in, into perspective. And obviously we all need to make money. But you go home, you look at your kids, and you just go, I got to be like, okay for this and they don't realize the problem I'm having right now and you just got to deal with it but we have the live show April 8th Charlie Sheen Phoenix live it's going to be awesome hopefully provided we're all healthy so are you feeling good about that yeah when uh, I know you're off to paradise as you like to call it in and out of <laughs> Palm Springs but you know we got to get you got to get up here uh, you know for more than a two hour window <laughs> to discuss a few things bro. I think and by the way Chuck Sheen is is loving to come out to the desert. I think we all hole up in the desert. And I mean, it's it's just glorious out there. Everyone's know, nicer. Right? That sounds they, they wave to you and stuff instead of going, go fuck yourself. It's it's great. That it's, sounds terrible. Where are you, <laughs> go, where are you going where everybody's saying go fuck desert yourself? house with minimal furniture? No way. <laughs> I mean, you know, like you walk into like, they don't have the, fur and the furniture's there, by the way, 60% of it. They don't have the restaurants that you have in L.A. I just, you know, like Republic is, you know, one of the greatest places. You know, I love to go there. Like, I think about it all the time, and, and I want to have that, and I can't have that. But when you go into there, and it's great, you just, you got this attitude from everybody. They feel like you're rushed to order. It's like the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. You feel mm -hmm. very, like, I don't know. You don't have like that. they're trying the to turn your table over. That's a big pet peeve of mine when I feel like they're trying to turn me over. Fox, and I don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, the difference between here and the desert is, like, 90% of that population is retired and has nowhere to go. Yeah. They have nowhere to be. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they're going to next. So, like, five extra minutes in the coffee line is not that big of a deal. They're like, where am I going anyway? Do you know what right. I Right, like, they literally don't know what coffee line they're on. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, the other day I'm walking, and, and, and my baby could not fall asleep in the stroller, so I picked her up. She's only 12 pounds. But I picked her up and she fell asleep. And I'm like terrified. Sarah Sanderson is like a, a nap Nazi. There's like a schedule. A, that's with good reason. Oh, boy. I'm not blaming her, but I'm just saying if I fuck it up, I, I've got troubles that I'd rather not have. You got to have them, bro. <laughs> so I pick up Isabella, who's screaming like, like Kevin Connolly used to scream at me before he found pot. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm just going to hold her like in a, in a curling position, essentially, and walk around like the retired country club. And I have this, this woman walks by, she goes, a baby. Now that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> See, Palm Desert is not actually the circle of life. It's where everybody goes to end life. <laughs> well, I have been the healthiest I've been in years. I'm hitting the weights every day. I'm no sugar. I got Connolly on mush, too. That's probably helping your mood as well. Connolly hasn't made a deal with mush yet, mush. so I, he doesn't want me talking about him, but maybe uh. someday. But uh, anyway, I'm getting lots of DMs about mush. You know what doesn't calm me, though? And I think you turned me on to this, Connolly. Fight Haven on Twitter. Did you send me that? 
No, but we uh, maybe I, I, my algorithm suggested it to you. <laughs> By or the something, way, Beefy Scotty is pointing oh, at you. Said it to me. Well, because they that would get that stuff would get pulled off of Instagram and TikTok. The only place that could live is Twitter. I cannot stop watching what, it. What is it, going on? What it, is this? I just sent you one. It it's fights, and you realize how brutal like the world fist is. Fights? Fist fights in the streets, in the high schools, in the in the subway. Just like people just submit it, and it's the one platform where you can just post them in their entirety. But it's called Fight Haven. Good, Does it get you ag- aggravated <sighs> oh or no? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it does, I mean, like you look at the high, some of the high school stuff and it's pretty wild. And then the bar stuff, it always looks like people get hurt in those bar fights. And then, and you look at the comments and everybody just thinks it's so funny. I, I'm not a big violence person, but I will say, cause this video that's on there right now, where everybody should check out to, they scored it to Freebird. It was phenomenal. This drunk guy just walks by this guy and just shoulder blocks him into a woman standing on the street. And it, it's almost like a movie. This guy, Turns around in his scarf and his wool hat, and he's just a jujitsu or karate master, and he just launches some fucking roundhouses on this guy. You do advocate for violence. No, no, I advocate justifiable violence I am all for. Now, I, I know no, it's justifiable it's, it's, His violence. violence is wish fulfillment violence. No, but I believe what this— Like, I <clears throat> wish I could punch this guy in the head. I am 100% with— what I watched on the fight haven with this guy. Uh, this poor woman is standing on the street, minding her own business. This guy is walking, and someone throws him into this woman. I am all for kicking the shit out of that guy. Sorry to say, I'm, 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 I'm for it. That's the society that I believe will maybe teach that guy a lesson. Now, obviously, if it escalates into a gun and wish all that, fulfillment and, violence, Ted, I yeah. like that. That's really what it is. Maybe. I mean, but I will say this: we should all. Do two things. Number one, we should be training as fighters. <laughs> number one. And number two, you really got to watch because I'm telling you, this guy didn't look like he could do the damage that he did. You don't want to fuck with people on the street because you have no idea. Like, I know karate. Yeah, what you're getting into. <laughs> you know, like there was one fight haven with just a total nerd who was like, please, I don't want to fight. He's wearing his glasses. I don't want to fight. And this big, big guy kept pushing him and pushing him. Finally smacked his glasses off his face, and this guy just went into mode. It looked like karate kid shit. He just kicked the crap out of the guy. So, I mean, I, I like it. You just never know. So is it un- is there underdog? There's like an underdog no, element to it? There or absolutely just, is not an underdog element. There's men just, beating up women. There, it's everything. What, what the we, hell? Oh, Are yeah. No, there's lots of uh, like weird, like usually they'll try to post one where like the woman hits the guy first, but the retaliation <laughs> is is pretty wild. Yeah, and I, I it, it visibly oh, upsets God. me when I see the bad violent ones like the guy today made me feel good i was like yeah get him yeah get finally him. Like, some justice in justice, the world because that's what i am i am about justice, You're a yeah, justice fa- fairness is I'm a big a thing justice warrior. he loves fairness <laughs> i do like fairness now you may not agree with my fairness now speaking of fairness so connelly is a new oh. man i'm loving him i hope this stays uh ted foxman on time for the podcast today anyway we actually had a week of uh anxious anxiety and kevco you've been right in there hearing all about this so Here's the updates. The show is out to everybody. Um, We have uh, meetings coming up. Those meetings mean they like the show and now they want to hear more. And again, this is very uncharted territory because nobody makes a spec pilot and then says, hey, why don't you give me the money for the rest of this? I just don't know of any circumstance where that has happened. Maybe it has, but um, that is where we are at. So, Kevin, we've dealt with for a week this situation. What do you think? Well, it's... It is rare. We are in sort of uncharted territories. But again, my gut is, um, based on the feedback that we've got, is that 
the people that are interested are now going, okay, what are you thinking, right? What's season one look like? Uh, and what's this going to cost us, right? I mean, isn't that really at the yeah. end of the day what what people that are have responded uh, positively are thinking that internally? Yeah, and I I feel like um, you know just to to explain to people how much work goes into this thing without it even going. We have Gary Goldman and Jeremy Alter killing themselves to get budgets together in case they want to do this on a different budget than we hope for. So we could do it a little cheaper. You know what happened with entourage and Kevin doesn't know this, but I mean, they, they barely put us on the air and it was like, let's do this down and dirty. And on, you know, my vision was bigger than that. And we were able to pull off amazing stuff for a season, but it, you know, it killed the writing and the act. I don't mean it killed the writing. This and the is going to be it, down and dirty, but I, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Yeah. And I don't know that it, it that, by the way, we're speculating what someone might even say, and we're trying to prepare for all of it. I'm also, you know, at, at expense, out-of-pocket expense that may never come back. We're going to cut this trailer so we can show it at the April 8th Charlie Sheen. April. We should have did that a long time ago. I, I, I mean, wanted to. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but we should have had a badass trailer two months ago. Yeah, and it should have been online. I, I agree. So, but, you know. Well, let me ask you this, Doug, because yeah. this is really a question. Like, so for people out there that are listening, you know, you do a budget and and it, there's a below the line and below, uh, above the line. So the below the line is what is this going to cost? Everything else aside, just brass tacks, trucks, equipment, episode days, there's there's that. And, and you have to literally, they're not going to highball you. They're going to, you're going to say your first number. They're going to laugh, right? And then you have to have a number prepared. So you, you got these guys basically working on, maybe two, three different sets of numbers. Yeah. And by the way, again, we don't even know if any of that's the case. Someone may come in and say that these people have so much money. They may go, we love it and we want to do it properly. Don't cut any corners. Yeah. I mean, so you just, you you just don't know. And we're trying to prepare for everything. We also could prepare for the fact that now I'm going to have to go as drama said, in the, I think it was in the movie. I got to go sing for my supper, but I feel very confident. You know, one of the reasons also a lot of people asked what, why is this taking so long? What happened was we thought, we made a deal with a company six months ago, and I, I don't know how it dragged along or why we let them drag us along, but it just kept dragging along. And the weird thing is, Kevin, as soon as we sent this out to the, all the streamers, they called. To, to, to re-engage in the conversation. And, you know. Um, yeah, I know. Listen, we, it, it, it's crazy because after all this, and as an, not as an outsider, but as somebody that's not a, a total regular on the Ramble On podcast, it is true. The, uh, the craziest thing about it is it's just recently that anybody that matters-ish from a, from a money standpoint just saw it recently. So the whole last whatever has just been kind of sitting there, which I don't really have an explanation for, but all I know is that now currently people that can do things with it are seeing it. And my guess is that the majority of them are going like, what does this look like? What's yeah. this going to cost? What's this? What's that? And what, what's, you know, season, what's episode four about? Yeah. And I've already written episode two, which I think all of you have read and feel like it's better than episode one. So that's good. And I have a pitch for the season, but you know, it, it's like, we're trying to thread a needle right now. And, and, you know, I think we, we moved forward so fast and I still believe we're going to get where we need to get. And again, I'm, I want to be positive. We have three meetings where I got to go in and sell them. That's what this I, business is. I think is. that's the best thing that can happen is to just get you in the room and in front of people which is what you do. I have a question, Doug, that I think the 
ramble on audience <laughs> might uh, appreciate because, you know, the, I, I feel like the ramble on audience is like the kind of spillover from victory that wants to hear you talk more in depth about this kind of stuff. I'm going to say two words to you, bro. And then I want you to explain to the audience what a writer's strike is. <laughs> a writer's strike. I mean, you know, we had a writer's strike uh, during Entourage. Probably cost us 10 extra episodes of Entourage. What season was that? That was, God, that's when I started playing golf every day. That's when we had our fight. Um, season two? <laughs> no, I think <laughs> it was like four or, three, or five something or like something. That. But we were down for six months. And what the writer's strike is, which, you know, it, it's, it's important. The Writers Guild has made sure because this business, as I think we may have talked about earlier, but it's so unstable and you could hit it out of the park in 2003 like I did and you could have nothing in 2023 like currently exists. So, you know, it's it's helps you make sure you get money no matter what in your health insurance and everything and takes care of my baby. So the Writers Guild has been fabulous. It's and a great a, union. Yeah, it's been a great union for writers. And, you know, the world changed with the streamers because you couldn't just keep replaying a show on television, especially network. Like, Kevin knows better than me because Entourage was not network. And by network, I mean CBS, ABC, NBC. If you replayed, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if you made, let's say, $50,000 an episode. Well, if- let's just for numbers sake. Let's say the Friends made $100,000. Uh, well, let's call it what it was. Okay. Friends make a million dollars an episode for Friends. Yeah. They get paid a million dollars. The first time it repeats. The first, the first time it repeats, they would get an additional 900000 right. They would get 90%. And then it would keep going down and from there. And then it would keep going down from there. Bless their hearts. Yeah. It would keep going down yeah. from there. But, you know, you know, the other thing, too, Doug, I got hit with a double whammy because in my early days on the WB, we f- did not fall under the network contract. Right. We fell under something similar to HBO. But I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, too, and again, I would imagine that it, there's got to be conversations, but take HBO Max, for example. So you could watch an episode of Entourage that I directed or one that I starred a thousand times over and over. You could watch the Sundance episode a thousand times. I don't get like I don't. I, don't I honestly I don't even know how it works, but I don't think you get anything. And now Entourage just I guess I don't even want to say it because nobody's called me to tell me anything about Doug it. Doug heard a rumor. Doug no, saw I, a commercial for Entourage on TV. <laughs> I actually got some tweets about it from people. Congrats! We can't wait. I don't even know what True TV is. You said the NCAA's are on. Yeah, there? no, they're 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 fighting the fight. By the way, they're buying that. They're buying. They bought that show. There's got to be something in it for you, though. Hopefully, there's four. I hope in it so, but but no. When will we know? How can we find out? I'm gonna call my lawyer. See if he calls me back. Can you keep me posted. <laughs> of course, I'll give you posted. But, uh, you know, it's that's the problem is it's not a network and streaming was almost like this whole new world that came out and writers were not getting paid. And really, look, but either actors, right? Anybody. Yeah, but but different unions. So everybody's got their own fight. I mean, they all try to hopefully get in it together. But, um, you know, look, the dream to be rich in this business. And again, I never came into this business for money. I always hoped I would be able to live and I would make something that entertained people. And I, I, I felt you really came in as a comedian with a mullet and then you <laughs> ended up with some creative, you know, but I really, I, I mean that sincerely, but the dream always was when, you know, Oh, if you syndicate a show, you're in mansions and private planes and all Theoretically, that. Theoretically, it was game over if you syndicated it. Yeah, show. that world is over right now. I mean, except for the rare exceptions. And even the streamers now, they'll put a show on for two years 
and they buy out the creator and showrunner. They'll give you your deal up front and say that's the end of it for you. So there's a lot of stuff that the Writers Guild you know, really has to fight for. And I don't know all of the details about it, but it, we're very lucky that we have unions and probably to be honest with you, smarter people than us. But we, are you, are, are you in the know or do you just kind of catch up with like other writers? Is, are you on a text? Chain? I'm not on anything. I mean, I get my WGA notifications, but honestly, I, you know, I mean, I did sell a script last year, I guess, but I haven't worked much uh, in the union world, uh, you know, and but everybody's got their union friend. Like yeah. I have actor friends that will know what's going on with a union or a potential union strike upside down if i i know somebody yo give me the give me the give me the two minute summary on what the beef is do you not have that guy in the room i mean i i i don't but i know what it is it's this the way the streamers are paying us and they're gonna fight to make sure that we can get what we deserve and you know i just read a story uh yesterday about the girl who who wrote the book that mean girls was based on Mean Girls made $200 million at the box office, has a Broadway show running, and has been running for 40 years. She's never gotten another dollar. And she's probably not in the... I don't know if she's in the Writers Guild or not, but those are the situations that you hear about that you go, oh, man. And she... I don't, I don't know what her career is like. She may have sold 400 things or never sold anything again. But when you create something like Mean Girls, and obviously Tina Fey elevated it to what it was and blah, blah, it's blah. It's a brand, though. Yeah, yeah. And Mark Waters, who directed it, um, you know, but... You want to get paid for that initial IP. If you invent the fucking iPhone, you want to get paid forever. And you want to invent the iPhone one, you should be in on the iPhone 14. Yeah. So, I mean, the the union will deal with that and we'll see how hard it gets. I mean, I, you know, I was at a different place then because also you got to remember that they needed you at that point too, right? Well, the showrunners they wanted, you know, obviously the studios were pressuring us to get everybody to settle. And it's a very difficult thing when you're making the most money you may ever make in your life. You don't want to stop working, but you're with the union and you're trying to defend everybody. You got to be a union guy. Yeah, I mean, guy. so, you but know. What would a writer's strike, uh, uh, you know, let, let's use Ramble on as an example, but just in general, what does a writer's strike do? look like? Like pen, pencils down pencils and you down. get caught writing? Like, but, yeah. but how could they say that? What do you mean? Like, yeah, I mean, stop you from writing in your house. They can stop you writing, but you can't hand anything in. Nothing new is getting made. And if you bought. did get caught, and there are people, look, people who, who, who waltzed, you know, John Ridley, you know, broke the union. He, uh, you know, he crossed the picket. He crossed the picket line and he did his own thing. And, you know, he won an Oscar five years later. So, um, and I also did a show with him. You know, I did the Mike Tyson show with him. So they also say that the, the writer's strikes are um, the key to passion projects. So let's say you're whatever, you're buried in Ramble On, this and that. You're not allowed to write Ramble On. You're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll finish up that blah, blah, blah thing that's been kicking around that you've always wanted to do. Yeah. They say Those are different kind of writers projects. than me. So <laughs> You don't have any passion projects. It's not no that passion. I don't have any passion projects. I'm just, I, I just, you know, writing is a very difficult thing for me. If I could direct, passion direct, I would do it if I had something to do. But writing but is- But you're a, not going to dust something off the shelf if you're sitting there. No, like. I'm not. I'm not. And, and really, one of my fears is, you know, we all have our negative thoughts, but the show sells and then there's a strike. And that would be fucking part for the course yeah bro. and you just don't know what's going to happen and look we're all getting older it's time for us to get back to work and you know the show we really have a great pilot and we've really set up something great but you, I, I don't have any idea what's going to happen and just for writers out there because a couple of people asked me online to just talk about the writer's room and how that stuff goes different people operate in very different ways i used to wake up and type a bunch of pages and bring them into the writer's room and 
ask everybody to read them, and and then we'd we'd spin ideas off of that. Sometimes people would come in with you know pages that they wrote. Um, so there's all all sorts of different ways. The smart way, if you can figure it out, which I'm just not one of those guys. I'm not an outline guy, but if you can outline six episodes and hand it off to six people that you trust can deliver a, a structure and and hopefully the voice. Um, but I, I I wasn't I wasn't good enough to do that. So you know I I think though right now the pitch process which again it's a little backwards cuz we finished the pilot but still we're not handing out an independent movie and going here play it and then see if people watch it we're asking for more episodes we're asking for a commitment to an enormous production and a we're partnership asking for a lot of money bro we're asking for a lot of money and we're asking for people to go we want to work with you and you know that brings me to to something i i, I want to talk about before forgetting the argument uh, uh, argument about timelines I made this show so I could surround myself with people I wanted to be surrounded with and people that I want to work with. Again, did I ever imagine a year later that we would not be on the air right now? I really didn't. But it was such an incredible process with the exception of a couple of people that I hope whatever, you know, one of these network streamers sees the group that we have. You know, I just, uh, Gary Goldman's been working all day and night. Guy killing himself. He's got Janice Tajian, who we have a great victory podcast that she came on, but she was my post-production supervisor on Entourage, and she really was a major producer on she Entourage. She went on to work on a little movie called Avatar. Yeah, she, well, she delivered James Cameron for us as well, and uh, she's awesome. And uh, Gary told me, spoke to a couple other people of our, you know, crew that we want to get back. So we're all set to go. We just need... But are you 50 having million open consen- uh, conversations with crew people, um, key crew, where you're like, hey, we may be doing this. We may have to do this or that. Like, I, even myself as an actor, I, I'm, I'm aware. You know, there's yeah, a you world have to work where we for free. take haircuts, <laughs> like, which, we would, which I would do for the show. Yeah, don't obviously. say that out loud, though, yet. What? Then you'll take a haircut yet. We don't know who's listening. <laughs> no, I'm like, Connolly said I'll take a haircut. It's all from 400 episodes. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but apparently Connolly's <laughs> got his back to the wall. Um, <laughs> Please put this on. I will pay to do this show. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it's... With how complicated and, and how um, involved this has all been, the fact that that a writer strike looms like a rain cloud. In it's the like distance. a movie. Everything I about this show is like believe. a movie. We had some writer who fucking has been my friend for 30 years, like get angry about an unreleased press release. I mean, we've had every situation in this. We had a friend of Charlie's who was mad at him about something that had nothing. And meanwhile, we're nowhere except for we're still grinding. And, you know, I am preparing a pitch like it is for anyone who wants to know what a pitch looks like. I have about 16 pages of material that I will try to turn into 10 minutes of me talking of me standing in front of a room of 10 people who I don't know. We talked about it on entourage, a jerk off meeting. They could want to meet with us because of the production company you know that what? we're involved it's, with. I, I, oh God, I'll be so sad if it's jerk off. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you don't want to think that, but like I said, I've been in a lot of rooms. I've sold things in the rooms, which is the best thing you can get, including by the way, this show, because the production company we met with six months ago said, they liked it better after we walked out of the room than when we got there. And they said, let's go. And then I don't know what happened, but I've been in rooms where they say, we want to make this, let's go get working right now. I've been in those rooms, by the way, with, uh, with a project 30 years ago that then they fired the president of the, of the studio. And I was 30 pages into the script. They told me we're not going to pay you. <laughs> so Doug, if I'm Aaron Boone, yeah. Yankee skipper, 
and I'm looking at my board and, I, and you're in the fucking bullpen, bro, I will call you out for a fucking live pitch. You would be my fucking guy in a fucking heartbeat. I appreciate I would go, Give that. me the, what are you, a lefty? Uh, no, I'm a right. Wait, wait, you know, we'll call you a lefty just right. it sounds cooler. Bring in the lefty. Give me the lefty. Bring Ellen out of Play the hockey left-handed. You get in the room. If you get in the room with these people with open minds and you got your budgets prepared, you're going to fucking close this out. I mean, to be honest with you, I have zero doubt if they like this pilot and are on the fence, we will close this out. But you if just... If they like it enough to hear more about what yeah. you have to say, they're going to... But you always got to remember, you don't know what... The whole crew is thinking, and there's a lot of voices, and we're trying to thread a needle because you don't know if they need a guy's show, need a girl's show, need a young person's show, need a cartoon, and and there's limited budgets that they have. And also the big thing is we've taken away the chance for someone, usually with a big ego, to put their stamp on this. But that being said... inventing the system, bro. But I sent a letter to everyone that this show has gone to, and I said... I am not married to anything. I feel very strongly about this pilot, but I am open for collaboration and we can talk about it because you never know. They may go, we want to change that scene. We want to reshoot this. We want to reshoot that. You just don't, you just don't know. That's going to be said, a little of that. You would think, but that being said, I feel really good about the pilot. And I, I do believe somehow that the tragedy will be is if we get it out and the response is what I think it will be. And it's for whatever reason too late. So you know, and I don't mean like to be dark, but, you know, we have Charlie's father is, you know, he's in his 80s and he's a genius and he's brilliant in the show. And Martin Sheen said he believes the stuff he did with Charlie in this show is as good as what he did with Charlie in Wall Street. And I want people to see it really badly and I want to get us that shot. And even if it was one season, I'd be thrilled. And if it's not, I'll be in the desert. What else can I say? And I'll Paradise. be on time, bro. I'll be on Paradise. time. It's the other thing I say in this business, Kevin. Which I think now you can say clearly. Am I ever late? Have you ever seen me late? You're a lot of things done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>